You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. Knock, knock. This episode. (laughs) Oh my God, Mallory took a drink right when I said that. (laughs) I can take a big drink of my giant, giant mug of black decaf coffee. Uh, (laughs) Almost spit it all over my computer. Who's at the door? It's your, it's a reading doorway. We're figuring out what your reading doorway is. Sometimes we call it a pathway. Sometimes we call it a doorway. Yeah, it's our show. We don't, we don't really know what we're doing, but listen, (laughs) we're going to make up for it today and we're going to talk about it. And during that time, we're going to tick off another box from the Reading Glasses Challenge which is to figure out your reading pathway slash doorway. And we're interviewing Legends and Lattes author, Travis Baldry. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I just started listening to a book that came out last month that I think the Glassers would enjoy. It's called The Storyteller's Death by Anne Davila Cardinal, and it's narrated by Marcel Ramirez. And it is... I have not heard of this. Oh, well, it is on Libra FM, so you can listen to it if you want. It is one that made, that I kept looking at to read, and then I uh, saw it on Libra FM, and I was like, I'm just going to take a listen. And it's been really fun to listen to because it's sort of a magical realism-type book, and she just paints these gorgeous pictures of what's happening. But, okay, so it's about this young girl, and she splits her time. She lives with her mother in America, in New Jersey. and But then in the summertime, she goes and stays with her fa- her other family, her great aunt, in Puerto Rico. And basically, she figures out along the way that while she's splitting her time, and it is like a big thing for her to split her time. Her mother is an alcoholic. Her father died when she was young. And her father actually this is happens really early in the story, but her father dies like while she's in Puerto Rico and her mother doesn't even tell her. So it's like this kind of not great relationship with her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, content warnings for anyone who has trouble with that. But you kind of learn more about the mother as it goes along. And, um, uh, and basically the main character, she starts having these visions. Visions of, of the past. At first she doesn't really know what they are, but she realizes that um, when people die, she starts to see... Think some things that happened in their lives that are important, starting with her grandmother's um, great wow. some, some visions and things, and she can't quite figure out what they were. But she kind of wants to always know about this part of her family, the Sanchez side of her family. It lives in Puerto Rico, and she doesn't feel like she knows them, and it's kind of helping her know about them. But there's also a little bit of a mystery to all of them. But it's just this really interesting story about a, a woman who doesn't. I, I mean, she's a young girl when it starts, and then. She's getting older as the book goes along, as one does as time passes. Um, and, uh, and she's just trying to, she's kind of trying to find her place as a woman who's sort of stuck between these two di- two different worlds and neither which she totally feels like she fits in during. There's one uh, part in the, in the beginning where she, these mean girls at her school all decide they're going to come over to her house for a, a slumber party. And it was the most vivid, honestly, scary moment I've read in a long time because it was like, these girls are like, we want to come over to your house. And she's, first of all, so scared because they're all so mean to her normally. And now they're trying to be her friend. She doesn't know why. And then she's also scared because her mother's an alcoholic and her mother's going to embarrass embarrass her. So it's- Oh my God, so, so intense. Yeah, so it's that along with these mag- these sort of like magical moments where she gets to see into the past and she starts digging into this murder mystery. 
Um, what are you reading, Melly? I am reading a lovely little book. And when I say little, I really mean little. It's a tiny, tiny book. Huh. Uh, I think it's only, it's barely, it's like just on the edge of a novel. I think it's 180 pages. Uh, it is by an author that I really, really love, Elizabeth McCracken. She's a literary fiction author that's just like a little, I don't want to say weird because she's not like, it's not like weird fiction. She's not like Kelly Link, but like just a little quirky. And I love all of her books. I have almost everything she's written and I was really excited about this book. And it's called The Hero of This Book. And it is right at the, right from the start. She's like, "Is this a memoir? Is this a novel? I'm not going to tell you. Ooh. You'll never know." It's I guess you would call it auto fiction, where it's about this woman who is just like Elizabeth McCracken <laughs> and is an author and lives in New England. Um, and her mother has just died, and she is gone on a trip to London to sort of like because her and her mother. The last time she went to London was with her mother, so she's sort of going to London to go to to reflect on that and to like visit a bunch of places that her and her mother went, and um, like go to with her mom. Her mom loved theater, so she wants to go to one last play in London to kind of like remember her mom. But as she, it's it's the whole novel takes place over one day of her walking around London, but every other chapter is her looking back and thinking about her mom and like her mom's whole life and all the things her mom did and the things that shaped her mom's life. Her mother was disabled and like how that changed her, the author's view of the world and like, uh, like funny stories and sad stories. And it's just like, it's so beautiful and the writing is amazing and it's it's sad and it's funny and it's just a lovely little literary fiction book uh if you are into stories about grief or mothers and daughters or family things um it's it's just really really brilliant it's i mean it's elizabeth mccracken so it's amazing uh so that's the hero of this book by elizabeth mccracken i like you're both reading mother related books uh, mine is the storyteller's death by Anne davila cardinal and the narrator is Marisol Ramirez. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sandra wrote in with a hot book tip. Hey! <laughs> Sandra says, <laughs> I recently discovered a great resource for finding book recommendations and just had to share. I struggle with getting reading recommendations from sites like Goodreads as I am easily turned off by seeing reviews and ratings and have a pretty specific wheelhouse. Enter the Books and Authors Database. This is a Gale database available through my public library and it is searchable by genre and subgenre, very specific subjects, setting, time period, read-alikes, and more. I discovered it through my job at the Eno Pratt Free Library in Baltimore, but it's also available through the New York Public Library and a bunch of other systems, I'm sure. Of course, my favorite source of book recommendations is the Reading Glasses Slack channel. Thanks for creating such a wonderful community of bookish people. Hell yeah. Shout out to the wow. Reading Glasses Slack channel. Wow. I'm looking at this right now. It looks like you I'm pretty can... sure we do. We have these in LA. Oh, nice. And it looks like if you don't, you could possibly set up a free trial if you're a student or researcher. But cool. Oh, that's very interesting. Like, and it tell it shows you, wow, new and updated books. Oh, it has like full pages. This is very cool. I didn't know about this. This is a hot. I know. I well, I I use the the library website for research all the time, but I've never th thought to use it to look for books, which seems silly. But uh, I just never, I never thought of it. I never I thought about putting them in it. Like, like, I mean, obviously I look for books there, but I don't think of like the, I don't look, I look at recommendations like whatever's on the front page usually of, of like, yeah. of the LAPL. Um, cool. 
Um, we got some unfortunate follow-up. Dear Brian Mallory. Oh. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time emailer. In your episode 267, you had a mention of my library, the St. Tammany Parish Public Library in Louisiana. The guest mentioned in one of our public board, meet- board meetings, we had an outpouring of support for our LGBTQ content that was being contested. 45 in favor, 15 against. I'm sending this email to y'all to give an unfortunate update on the situation. We are still finding attempts to ban pride displays and LGBTQ content in the library system. Ugh. Again, big fan, and I hope you're well. Still getting over eating lunch one day, listening to y'all, y'all's podcast and hearing my library's name. Uh, that is bad news. Um, I mean, it I- is bad news. So if you are in Louisiana, if maybe this is your library, the uh, St. Tammany Parish Public Library, Get in there, man. Go to these public board meetings. Go to the library. Write write an email. Write a letter. Tell them that you support this content. Uh, give the bolster these libraries. Give them or, and librarians. Give them some support and help them out. This could be happening in your library, even if you aren't in this parish too. This is happening in libraries all over the country. Um, but that is such yes. a bummer. Follow up. But hey, two glassers listening from that same parish. Y'all should find each other. Yes. Uh, Ricardo wrote in to say, I just wanted to pass along a positive note to you two. I'm a basic bitch, cis, straight, Latino dude who listens and thoroughly enjoys the show. (laughs) It's just nice to hear people passionately talk about something that I'm super into, but is not usually associated as typically male. These past couple of years have wrecked my reading ability, but hearing the both of you lets me stay in the bookish world and inspires me to power through some reading slumps. That's all. My wheelhouse includes macro histories, found families, teams on expeditions, anthropomorphic gods, and sorry. Sarcastic robots. Oh, yeah, Love I feel this. like the anthropomorphic gods and sarcastic robots. You're not basic bitch. What's basic bitch about that? <laughs> also, <laughs> I know. I'm here for a basic bitch. Mallory, I just ordered some pumpkin flavored popcorn, pumpkin spice flavored popcorn, Ooh. which I think is probably the most basic bitch you can get. I think that is but it's delicious. Super basic. And I was like, wow, I'm not, I, I I'm not above it. I'm I'm not above trying a, a nice. <laughs> pumpkin spice flavored anything if so listen ricardo we are happy that you're listening and we're also here for all the basic bitches out there who like anthropomorphic gods So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And quick bookmark from us. We've been meeting to talk about this for a little bit. So if you go into our show notes and you see the list of books that I painstakingly put together each week of all the things, we, all the books we mentioned on the show, um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, it's right there in the app. Maybe if you're listening on Spotify, it might not be, but all you have to do is go to MaximumFun.org, find the Reading Glasses page, and there's a episode page for every single episode with all the books and all those book links take you to bookshop.org and there is a reason for that we are bookshop affiliates and maybe you are clicking on that book and you look at that book and you're like you know what I don't really want to read this and that's okay but if you click use that that portal that doorway I guess Mm -hmm. if you will very thematic for this episode and you look on the page and in the upper left-hand corner, it will say Reading Glasses Podcast. That means that whatever book you buy, doesn't even matter if it's a book we talk about on the show. Maybe none of the books episode, none of the books mentioned in this episode are, are something that you're interested in. But if you continue to go on and continue book shopping and that Reading Glasses thing is still in your upper left-hand corner, we still get a little bit of kickback for that. So as long as you use that portal, you can buy whatever you want 
It, you buy one book, you can buy a million books, you could buy books that we've never heard of. But as long as you use that portal and it says Reading Glasses Podcast in your upper left-hand corner of your screen, we are we're getting a little kickback for that, which means it's no skin off your back. It doesn't affect anything anything on your end, it, but it does help us out a lot. Uh, and we really appreciate it. So yeah, it's something that you can do that you are paying for something. You're paying for books, but you're, you don't really have to go out of your way to do that, to help us out. And uh, those those bookshop.org payments that we get a few times a year, they they pay some more of our bills. It really means a lot to us. So yeah. And if also you were, the links are also in the same links in our newsletter. So if you get the newsletter once a month, yes. then and you click those and do the same thing with the newsletter, even if you don't buy the books that we link to, you still, we still get, you know, a dollar $2, a couple dollars from what you spend, which is awesome for us, and it adds up for us. Yes, and again, it doesn't take anything off of you. you. You're not spending anything extra. Uh, just a little tiny portion of what you spend goes to us because bookshop.org is like, hey, thanks for sending all these people to bookshop.org. Um, I use it for myself. <laughs> I buy, if, I, if I'm not buying books from a, from a Skylight or Speakeasy, my local indie, I'm getting them from Bookshop, and I, and I love it. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Just a little heads up. Keep an eye out for that little Reading Glasses podcast logo in your upper left-hand corner. Uh, so before we dive into our reading doorways, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business, but this awful world. And find out why we can't. <laughs> because we love it so. <laughs> Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org. This week, we're ticking off another box on the 2022 Reading Glasses Glasses Challenge. Figure out your reading doorway slash pathway. What does this mean and how do you figure yours out? More importantly, how does knowing your reading doorway improve your reading life? So first off, we got to clear something up. I'm taking full responsibility for this. I went back to the very first episode we discussed this thanks to an email from a listener named Mads and Mads called them reading doorways developed by librarian Nancy Pearl. In that same episode... I, for some reason unknown to me, started calling them pathways. I literally looked in the start of the episode, I start calling them doorways. In the last sentence of that episode, of that section, I start calling them pathways. Uh, and we've been calling them both ways ever since. I don't know what happened in my brain, but they're they're called doorways. And it'll be doorways from here on out. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. A doorway is a pathway. But a pathway isn't always a doorway. Does that help? <laughs> It is true, though. That a doorway is a path in that you can go through it, but I feel like a pathway is bigger. So, wait, what are we calling it? A doorway or a pathway? Doorways. 
Doorways, the doorways. So I say if you call it a pathway, a pathway would encompass a doorway. That's all I'm saying. Because a door is a yeah, bit no, of a I path. don't think you're wrong. Yes. I'm calling them door. I'm, I'm, I, I landed on calling them doorways because that's what the person who developed them is, is called. Okay. So that's why if people want to Google it and read more about Nancy Pearl, who's an incredible librarian, and you want to watch her TED Talk or you want to read about her, you have to Google doorways. Reading pathways will not help you. So it will just bring you to reading glasses. <laughs> so, <laughs> In which we go, here a pathway out. is a doorway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, we're going to start. We're calling them from here on out doorways. Thank you for your patience. Anyway, okay, here we go. So what is a reading doorway? Uh, we did, we mentioned this again. This is an episode, I think, three or four years ago. So a reading doorway is the element of a book that makes you fall in love with it. Either, here's the four, four elements. Plot, character, setting, or language. Everyone has one or two that they feel very strongly about and tend to look for in a book. Whether you're a language person and you look for lyrical writing or you care about the character most of all, there's probably one of these four doorways that fits you in the books that you love. Now, important part, how do you figure out which doorway is yours and which one are we? Well, what I want to say is that, like, it's interesting because, like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give me an example. So I, I've always said I'm setting. Setting is what I think I am. And look, we change as people. You may be setting today, next year. Who knows? Maybe you're, maybe you're a plot. I don't know. Um, but I think the way I figured this out is because I tend to describe books by saying, okay, it takes place in a world like this when I'm trying to describe it to people. You know what? God, you do do that. I know. Huh. That I'm is like, a great way to figure it. Like, just describe a book to someone and see and, and think see about. start. A what, book you loved. A book yeah. you loved that you just finished and you're like, oh, Okay, it has the most gorgeous writing. It's beautiful literary fiction or something. Or, uh, oh my God, it's about this character and they do this and you're a character person. So I think there's like... Bria, you're a genius. This is so smart. Wow, thanks. Um, uh, But I think, so that is what I look for in a book. And I can tell that's what I look for because when I'm like skimming through book things and it's like, oh, it's a world like ours, but everyone wears a pot on their head. I'm like, I'm in. Like, it's like <laughs> that is, I got it. Cause that is like a setting thing. Like I, it's like a world like ours, but all water is made of syrup. And I'm like, I'm in, I gotta know about it. <laughs> so the setting is, is a very important uh, thing for me. Or it's just like, this all takes place in a water park. I'm like, Ooh, I gotta know about that. Um, you know, I bought a book like that recently. <laughs> did you buy Did you buy the, 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 there's like a mystery or haunted it's like a what? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a. I bought that same book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's on my TBR. I was gonna get it from the library and I haven't gotten it yet. Um, uh, I think I also find that character, uh, um, secondary. Like I have kind of like secondary ones, which I'm sure other people do too. Where character is really important to me, and I think I'm always trying to figure out what people are trying to say with characters. Like the book I'm reading this week. I think the character is what's drawing me in because she's kind of like stuck mm-hmm. between these two worlds. And like, look, but I'm also interested because it's taking place in Puerto Rico and I want to know more about Puerto Rico. You know, so that is a big thing for me. And I'll also say in the last couple of years, one thing that I didn't go back and listen to our last episode that we talked about this. So, God, if I'm repeating myself and I'm acting like I'm saying something you're new. Not, you're not. Okay. Even if I am, whatever. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, I have been, if you listen to the show, you've probably been like, Bria sure does read a lot of translated books, specifically from East Asia. Like that has become something that I just found I'm really drawn to. And part of it is that I love the way the language feels in those books. So it's like specifically Mm -hmm. this kind of like, the language is just, I don't even have a good description for it. And maybe we should do an episode on it where 
I dive deep into why I like this kind, this type of language. But um, it's like the way the language is presented to me. So that is interesting to me. But it's usually not something I'm drawn to unless it's translated books is a very specific thing. But again, a lot of times they take place in other countries. So I'm interested because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it takes place in, you know, in, in Tokyo, which I, I've always wanted to go to. So it's like I'm traveling. I'm going somewhere while reading this book in this, like, interesting, like, translated version of this person's work. So, again, it keeps coming back to setting with, like, the other two sort of, like, further down. Like, it's a little bit away. Like, yeah. I do... Look, I'm, I'm probably not going to... I'm gonna If it's an interesting setting, but the character's boring, I'm probably not going to keep... Con- keep going but a setting can keep me around mm-hmm. for a long long time um and i think that that is the big thing that that is how i'd say if people are looking for what it is think about mm-hmm. the last book you love and pretend like you're describing it to a friend pretend like you're describing it to me and bria yeah let us know you'll say bria mallory this is the book i read this is what i loved about it um so tell me which one you are and how you think people should figure this out so i am absolutely 1000 percent plot mm-hmm. and I, it's funny because i never realized but that's how i describe books is like what happens mm-hmm. i don't talk about the characters i don't talk about anything else i talk about the plot because the thing i care the most about in a book is what's happened or what's going to happen that is like the quickest way to get me into a book is like when the like those books are like that are kind of mysterious and in the first chapter they kind of like allude to a, a mysterious event that has happened but they don't tell you what happened mm. oh my god you can i can get, i will stick around in a book for a long time <laughs> just to know what the fuck is going on it, it plot is usually the reason i pick up a book and it's usually the thing that hooks me uh i have a tough time with like character focused books where not a lot happens um, I will say I used to have character as my secondary doorway and I think it's switched to setting because mm. I often find myself really drawn to books based on the setting and I have a few settings in my wheelhouse, haunted houses, Florida, for example. So I think the other way you figure out which doorway you are is like stuff like this. Like think about what you're drawn to. Look at your wheelhouse. Think about books you love recently. Think about which doorway that book would represent well like I really you know I just looked at my at my wheelhouse and I was like okay well a lot of this stuff is plot stuff you know I just I maybe it's because I'm a historian and a researcher Mm -hmm. but like all I want to know is what's going to happen you know who's gonna I I don't care you know I want to know how the murdering happened like what's going on here like I just I I I also have a hard time articulating it but I just I want to know the plot so badly Mm. you know And I tend to, uh, I don't remember, like, characters as much. And some, everything else, like, it's not like I don't like it. That's the other thing is I I don't want people to to listen to this episode and think, oh, well, if I like this, I don't like the other things. I love a beautiful, beautifully written book. I love a cool character. Um, But the thing that really matters to me and the thing that hooks me is, is plot. So... How does, how do knowing that you are a setting and I am a plot, how does this information improve our reading lives? Well, I know it's going to keep me interested, right? So, you know, again, I can start a sentence by saying it's our world, but whatever. I know I'm going to like this book. I'm going to like it. It's going to, I mean, I, it, it might have boring language. It might have not great characters. I'm probably still going to give it a real shot. Like, and I probably, I don't know if I'll like it, but I will definitely like be interested to at least pick it up. But it, I know it, I know for the most part, if like, they made an attempt to do the other things, then, like, and the setting is cool, I'm going to probably really like this book. Um, I, and I and it's interesting because I was thinking about where these two things cross over. So, like, there are things, it, it helps me because it, obviously, I know I'm going to, I know what to pick up. But I also know when you're describing a book, 
what is going to be the thing that's the crossover that helps me Mm -hmm. to decide if it's a book I'm going to like. So, for example, I just read The Wild Hunt because you were like, you know, it has a very interesting plot. It has a mystery. You don't know exactly what's going on. But for me, it's like, oh, this is a place... It's just like where we live, but it's a weird I- it's an island. It's and and it takes place sometime after World War One or World War Two. Is that right? I can't remember. I think it's World War Two. And and then like there's all these birds who, that show up every year and they don't know why. And like, are they maybe dead people? We don't know. And like that part is what I'm like, oh, okay. It's a it's this weird island. And it's uh that's the part that drew me in, whereas I think you're drawn in to the plot aspect. So I think it yeah, hel- so it I'm helps. Like, I gotta know what's going on with these birds. Yeah, because I can't. <laughs> what's going on with the birds? Um, I, I think <laughs> it's helpful for me to know that, like, oh, am I going to be interested in this book this person is describing to me? Because it obviously is a good book. She thinks it's good. Mallory's recommending it, but it does it have the thing that's going to keep me going? Because obviously we know it's a good yeah. book, and <laughs> Mallory. Mallory was telling me before we started that someone wrote it and they said, "Do y'all like all books?" And <laughs> and we don't. Yeah, we're like gonna all read books. this feedback. We're gonna we're gonna read this feedback eventually we and this. discuss it. Uh, but the answer is a no. But we don't like all <laughs> books. But I think we are careful about what we choose to continue reading. Also, we're careful about what we talk about on the show. We don't talk about books we don't like. Um. Uh. So, but I think it will help me if if it has a cool setting. I know that I'm gonna be able to get into this book pretty quickly, and and I know. If it doesn't, I might shouldn't pick that book up, even if someone's recommending it yeah. to me. Um, what about you? How does this information, knowing your doorway, affect your life? My doorway. Uh, yeah, it helps me find new books. That's really the thing. It, it's it's always great to have an understanding of why you love the books that you love, because then you can find more books like it. It's the same reason that it's good to know what's in your wheelhouse. It's sort of like the give a man a fish saying Recommend someone a book and they'll read for a week. You teach someone to figure out their reading doorway and they'll find books for life. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> knowing. It's <laughs> good. This is probably a more elegant way to say that, but it's true. And because now, like, now that I know that I'm such a plot driven person, that's what I can look for in books. And I can, I can stay away from books that, um, you know, super, like, Examples. I have a hard time with like super, super literary fiction that is um, very, very character focused and in, intro, um, uh, internally focused mm-hmm. and just like a character thinking thoughts while they like live their little quiet life. Like I have a really hard time with that because I'm like, well, where's the monster? Where's the mystery? Who's going to get killed? Like I want to that's that's what I am interested in. Um And also it really helps me if I get in a book slump and I know that a super plot focused like mystery or thriller will get me right out of there because I've been saving the new Simone St. James, the book of cold cases, because I know that if I get in a reading slump, reading a book where I'm immediately like, oh my God, who did, how did this person get murdered? Where would like, what happened? Like it'll immediately suck me in. So it really, it, 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 I think it just improves all aspects of, of your reading life. Just knowing, finding new books, getting yourself out of a slump, realizing what you love about a book. Um, it's, it's really, it's, it's great. And if you are, um, 
again, looking, trying to figure out how, how to figure out your doorway. Again, just pretend you're talking to your old pals, Mallory and Bria, <laughs> and whatever comes to the forefront of your mind, whatever excites you the most about a book, whatever like in piece of information you were excited to tell someone to think that, you know, to try to get them to read it too. That's probably the thing that you're into. If you're like, oh my God, the writing is so beautiful. The sentences are so incredible. You're probably a language person. Or if you're like, oh my God, you're going to fall in love with this character. You're going to love them so much. You're probably a character person. So uh, good luck on the fin- finishing up. We're getting, we're, we're coming towards the end here of the 2022 Reading Glasses Challenge. We're going to announce the next year's challenge next month. We've already uh, started figuring things out for it. We're very excited. But uh, if you have thoughts and feelings of, uh, about uh, reading doorways, let us know. Send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk to Legends and Lattes author Travis Baldry, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, it's Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun. I am breaking into this programming to say thank you to Max Fund's members. Your purchases in this year's post Max Fund Drive patch sale raised over $50,000 for Trans Lifeline. Maybe you already know about the good work that Trans Lifeline does. If you don't, they're a trans run organization that offers direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. If you want to learn more about the work Trans Lifeline does or support them further, go to translifeline.org. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. Thanks for supporting Trans Lifeline. And thanks for being awesome people who want to do good in the world. So here we are with author of the very popular book, Legends and Lattes, Travis Baldry. Hey, Travis, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So we'd like to start every interview with uh, the important question, what are you reading? I just finished Stephen King's fairy tale, um, and next up on deck is Nona the Ninth. Oh, yes. Very, very popular. Um Great. And so can you tell us about your new book? It was already released. It's coming out again, uh, which you can explain to all of us. Legends and Lattes. People are loving it. Tell us all about it. Um, It's a cozy fantasy book about uh, an orc barbarian who lived life at adventure and decides to retire and open a coffee shop in a city that doesn't have any idea what coffee is. Sure. Um, So it's basically a story about uh, changing what you do late in life. Um, there's a lot of found family elements, um, and it's just this, it's really kind of a satisfying story about building something new. I love that. And it was released before and it's getting a re-release. Is that, that is what's happening to it? I self-published it. I, uh, I wrote it last year for National Novel Writing Month with Mm. no expectations at all. And I went through the self-publishing process. I'm normally an audiobook narrator. That's my day job. And I wanted to see what my authors go through. So I went ahead and published it. Um, and then everything was unexpected past that point. Um, <laughs> uh, several agents got in touch with me and uh, convinced me to give give a try at uh, publishing it traditionally. And then Tor picked it up, and uh, that's where we are now. I have to ask, okay, Orc Barbarian, you know, not a normal normal <laughs> main character. Um, how much D&D have you played in your life? 
Weirdly, so the last time I really played D&D was in high school, but okay. I was a video game developer for 20 years and all of the games I made were role-playing games. And so I played a lot of digital D&D, like uh, Baldur's Gate, Neverwinter Nights, stuff like that. But also most of the stuff I worked on was kind of D&D adjacent. It was all mm -hmm. fantasy role-playing stuff. And it's the kind of thing I read. So I've been pretty immersed in it for a really long time, one way or another. I love that. So you called, the, you called this cozy fantasy? Is that what you called it? That seems to be what everybody has stuck with. That's what I would have said, actually. Um, and I have never used that category before. Um, uh, it, it, that's the way people are basically describing it as a cozy fan. Did you invent a category? Is that what happened? I feel like I just stepped into a category that already existed. <laughs> yeah. And maybe people are just uh, attributing this uh, attributing that category to this. I mean, I feel like it definitely existed before T, T. Kingfisher writes similar kinds of stuff. Yes, that's like true. Howl's Moving Castle. Even Terry Pratchett is kind of yeah. fantasy. Um, but uh, maybe it's just because this is relatively, it's, it's, it's focused specifically on cozy things like coffee shops. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And are you a big coffee drinker? I definitely am. Mm -hmm. I definitely am. This was very much escapist fiction for me to write because, you know, it's the height of COVID. Nobody's going to coffee shops. I mm -hmm. certainly wasn't anyway. It sounded really nice. <laughs> it does sound nice. I love it. And I love how confused everyone is about making a drink out of beans. I think it's very <laughs> funny. Do you generally like cozy books? And what does a cozy book mean to you? I do like cozy books. Um, it's one of the reasons I wrote this one. Um, I don't get to narr I'm a narrator and I don't get to narrate them very often. Not a lot of cozy mysteries come the way of guys as far as narrator narrators go. And so I, but when I do get that kind of thing, I really enjoy it. I think of them like, they're like chicken soup books. They just kind of make you feel good while you're reading them. So I do like that kind of thing. I, I like a wide variety of stuff, but I wish I got more of that. So um, I... I, I like them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Cozy year-round is what you're saying. If I can, yes. Great, great. And so there's so in the summertime, are you still reading cozy books or are you going for a beach cozy? Is there a different kind of co things you're reading at different times of the year? I think the most important thing to me is that it's usually is that it's about people and it's about like human relationships and stuff that's relatable to me, like human scale stuff. Mm -hmm. And if I can get that inside of science fiction or fantasy or whatever else, that's great because I love those genres. But I like stories that are more about people than events. Um, actually, I read a lot of novellas mm. because I'm always squeaking them in between, which is actually kind of a good way to get stuff like this. Um, uh, like Sisters of the Vast Black. I don't know if mm -hmm. anybody would call that cozy, but it is about, it's, it's ultimately, it's a sci-fi story that's about people. And I really enjoyed that, for instance people or orcs as the case may be, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever makes sense. Um, well, that brings us to, um, to one of our favorite questions to ask, which is what is your reader wheelhouse? Something that will make you pick up a book no matter what. So it seems like stories that are, are very character-based. Is that, that something? I love character-based stuff. I, I do love, if I can get a little, I like some speculative fiction in my fiction. If I can get fantasy or something supernatural or something else in there, that's great because I like I just like things to be, to have that little extra bit of fairy dust on the top of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I still like them at base. Yeah. To be about people that I can relate to, things that I care about. Got it. Anything else in your wheelhouse? I mean, obviously novellas, so length is important to you. Um, I Mostly I read novellas because I can read them in between the books that I'm reading for work. I can yeah. always slip them in. I mean, I went through all of Sanderson's Stormlight last year, so I certainly read big stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like... I like novellas um, because 
a lot of times they're just really focused. It's like a really yeah. good episode of the Twilight Zone or something, you know, <laughs> you get a really good solid hit out of it. Um, I read Ring Shout recently. That was another one that I really liked. You get things like Murderbot. Every one of those stories is this nice little punch. Yeah, it's like watching just like one episode of television. I love that. So you do audiobooks. You have this book coming out. Tell people, first of all, some places they can listen to you, listen to your voice. Um, and then also where they can find you online and where they can find Legends and Lattes if they haven't already bought it. Um, so I married hundreds of audiobooks. Um, they're available on Audible, on Amazon. Some of them are going to be on like Libro FM and other audiobook retailers. Um, as far as Legends and Lattes, it's going to be available in the US, the UK. There will be translated, I think seven or eight translated versions that will be coming out over the next year and change, I believe. Um, so it'll be launching in the U S November 8th, the UK, November 10th in paperback in the U S and hardback in the UK. And there'll also be some special editions that broken binding and, uh, some other folks are putting out, which may have already happened by the time you hear this. We, we don't know. <laughs> um, wait, and, but tell us like some of the other audiobooks if people want to hear your voice, like, are there any specific audiobooks you think they should go pick up? Um, I'm best known for the Cradle series by Will White. He's okay. just kind of like a phenomenal independent author. His books are like routinely like number one on Amazon when they release. Uh, we made it on the NYT for audio. Uh, cool. The Cradle series is fabulous. Um, and he's got one more book in the 12 book series that he's wrapping up. So it'll be a completed series really soon. And they're just a ton of fun. And and most importantly, are you doing the audio book for Legends and Lattes? I already did it. In oh, fantastic. So people right can now. check that out. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, and if people want to follow you on the internet, is there, are you on Instagram or Twitter or anything? I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Travis okay. Baldry, TikTok. I'm wow. all over the places. You're all the places. <laughs> all of the places. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Travis. Thank you so much for having me. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Marie writes in, Hi, Brian Mallory. I'm a new listener and very much appreciating the reading advice. I read mostly fantasy and have done so since I could first pick up a book. Over the years, however, I feel I've become a little burnt out on the genre. More than not, I feel disappointed with my choices, like I'm reading the same thing over and over again. This has happened previously and caused me to stop reading for almost three years. I really don't want this to happen again. I've tried other genres, but books recommended to me by my friends and family about people with real lives and real problems turned my brain into sad gray mush. I think I might like sci-fi since I love Star Trek, but I have no idea where to start when it comes to books. Any recommendations to make a much needed but alas dreaded genre hop more likely to succeed would be much appreciated. My wheelhouses are fantasy with mystery elements, complex magic systems, inspired world building, LGBTQ plus romance and stories with sad beginnings that end happy, characters getting to live the lives they deserve. Bria, we got some sci-fi help for Marie. What should Marie read? I'm going to recommend one of my favorite books from last year, uh, which is a sort of fantasy sci-fi crossover. So that way you're dipping your toe into sci-fi, but there's still some fantasy there for you. It's Light for Uncommon Stars by uh, Raika Aoki. So there are a couple storylines in this book, which I feel like you're going to like because you like fantasy and you have to remember like the four different elf lines and who what goblins <laughs> dating this other, you know, whatever. So, like, I that's feel like in fantasy, I'm always like, there's too many people. Um, uh, um, so, in this one, you still got a lot of people, multiple storylines. There is an alien who's running a donut shop in Los Angeles. 
this sounds silly. It's not. It's wonderful and grounded. Um, and there's another story about a woman who's in this sort of Faustian bargain regarding um, her magical ability to play the violin. So that part is like kind of fantasy, kind of fairy tale-esque. Um, but I think the stories combine in a really gorgeous way. Um, there's also donuts involved and like, how could you be mad at that? Um, and perfecting the donut recipe, which I enjoy. Um, it also has great LGBTQ plus characters and it's just in a fantasy that I think this could be a good, okay, this is a fantasy book, but it also is a sci-fi book. Um, and I feel like it flew under some people's radar and I'm always trying to shout out this book because I just think it was so wonderful. Uh, what do you have for Marie? Uh, I'm going to tap into the Glasser slack for this, and I'm going to recommend a big Glasser favorite. It's oh, yeah. Winter's Orbit mm-hmm. by Everina Maxwell. This was a big, a lot of Glassers love this book because it's got, we got great world building, in space, political intrigue, murder mystery, and a queer romance on top of all of it. So we've said on the show before that it's totally normal to get burnt out on a genre. It happens to all of us. Except for me and haunted houses, I don't know when I'm going to get burned out on haunted houses. It'll Who be knows? Sad, sad but day. It, we'll actually hear like a very oh haunted door closing. No, you'll see her the, the, a ghostly slide whistle. Yeah, a very, like a go, like woo. <laughs> very, very sad. Um, but I mean, this happens all the time. We, it's totally normal. And the, the worst is when you get burnt out on something that you really, really love, and then that's the only thing that you read, and then you're kind of like, well, now what? Totally normal, Marie. It happens to everybody. But you can, as you have figured out, you can follow your wheelhouse to other genres that might work for you. And it seems like maybe checking out some, like you said, sci-fi. Or even, I would say, Marie might want to check out some romance. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe some some nice queer romance. Maybe a little Casey McQuiston here. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, try this one. Try Winter's Orbit by Everina Maxwell. Try Light from Un- Uncommon Stars by uh, Raika Aoki. Uh and are there, there must be sci-fi romances. Oh, yeah. I haven't read them. Maybe get into well, that. Well, I mean, Casey McQuiston maybe. wrote one. Oh, yeah. Maybe One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. Mm. That's a little sci-fi, but too. there's probably yeah, Marie- so many of them. I just don't, I'm just not familiar. So many. Um, and even our, oh, our guest Legends today. Legends and Lattes. Yeah. Read Legends and Lattes. lattes. Yeah, which is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, could be really great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Marie, write back in and let us know. Um we, are, we hope that you find something that you like and get back into the reading world. And if you want us to solve your reader problem or answer your book recommendation request, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, we are retiring a couple designs from our Void merch store at the end of this month. So if you want to get the reading and Mallory and glasses and Bria and podcast shirt or the reading cat the the design with the little cat reading a book this is your last month to do it check it out we actually had someone post I think it was in the slack recently about how they had the cat mug and it's very cute but we are getting some new designs soon and we want to make room for them so check out uh the void merch store that we uh have in our show notes we have a lot of really cool stuff in there even designs that are not being retired I just got my book slut shirt for I'm very excited to try on take some pictures with uh, you can get all of those in our lovely Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us that's totally free, take you less than a minute, you can rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Uh, right there in the mobile app, uh, right on your phone, take, will take you truly less than a minute. Maybe you're bored in line at the post office. Maybe you are in line at the grocery store, in line somewhere. You can give us a five-star review and it will really... Uh, 
help us. It'll help uh, us find more listeners and get more sponsors. We really, really appreciate that. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at ReadingGPodcast. On Instagram at ReadingGlassesPodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.